It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to the Danny Klinkscale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Insightful and witty commentary, probing interviews, and detours from the beaten path. Welcome to Danny and Stan's Football Weekend, presented by NoNonsenseHealthCareNinja.com. It was supposed to be the epic battle in the National Football League Monday Night Football between the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs, and what it turned out to be instead was a showcase for the Kansas City Chiefs, who in every way, shape, or form, except special teams, they couldn't call this an all-three-phases win because for one night, anyway, the Chiefs' special teams weren't very good, but the offense was great, the defense was great, especially early, everybody was setting the tone, the play calling was creative, except for one short spot, which is about the only fly in the ointment to talk about when we analyze this with Stan Weber. And of course, we've got a whole batch of college football to talk about as well after a very interesting weekend for our locals. It should have been, one would have thought, a tale of three losses, but far from it as Kansas State absolutely turned the tables in their game for a stunning upset of Oklahoma. All that coming up next on Danny and Stan's Football Weekend. It's brought to you by NoNonsenseHealthCareNinja.com. We're coming at you right now. It's time now to get some great assistance on health care with Chad Beisel from NoNonsenseHealthCareNinja.com. And Chad, even your business's name would indicate that uh, you have a real aggressive way and an important way to go after some health insurance for your clients. What I found out in the industry is just a lot of people are really confused. They don't know what plans are good, what their plans offer, how they cover. And so I've just taken the approach of being really educated on what options are available to clients and showing them all the options that are available and making sure they understand them so they can pick and choose what options are good for them. And one thing that's really important, of course, is access to doctors and hospitals. Absolutely. That's become a big issue for a lot of people. Some of the plans out there are going to restrict those clients to where they can and cannot go. So if you live just outside the Kansas City metro, some of the counties outside, you may not be able to go to some of the hospitals up here in the Kansas City area. So making sure that you have a plan that's got uh, doctors and hospitals and places you want to go is really, really important today. Learn more by visiting NoNonsenseHealthCareNinja.com and let Chad help you. I'm here with Tim Emerson, the owner of Emerson & Company. And Tim, give us an idea of the range of services that you provide from Emerson & Company. At Emerson & Company, we do credit card processing, payroll services. We do bookkeeping, merchant accounts like point-of-sale systems. What would you say differentiates you from other companies in the field and what makes you special? I think what makes us unique is, is that we're a small local business making regional decisions on companies. We create a profile for the business and then put it out to our different vendors in a very competitive environment and tailor those needs to the specific business, which usually ends up in a great fit or great result for the company. And of course, the idea is to save money, right? <laughs> save money. And uh, actually, sometimes I'm surprised 
least where actually a, a solution that may cost a little bit more ultimately does save money, but we're not conditioned to think like that sometimes. <laughs> Emerson and Company. Check them out at emerson-co.com or call them at 816-360-9092. Cinematic Visions has been an affordable solution for professional media production in Kansas City since 2003 offering award-winning video production and creation, as well as a wide array of digital and social media management services. From planning, scripting, filming, editing, and post-production to delivering your product to a watching world, Cinematic Visions will provide professional and affordable services for you and your business with the necessary return on investment to make it all worthwhile. Cinematic Vision's goal is to unlock the power of storytelling through video and a strong online presence for your company. Beyond the numbers, they want to inspire and evoke your clients to feel and act. Let my friends at Cinematic Visions embed your brand where it belongs, in your customers' minds. You can find them online at cinematicvisions.com or with a quick phone call at 816-600-6300. Firsthand, I have enjoyed the benefits of the CBD products from Canaway. My back feels better and better these days as a major part of my routine are the pain-relieving salve and the pure gold oil. And recently, I had the pleasure of a treatment session using the Canaway CBD in conjunction with the Microlite 830 Cold Laser. The non-invasive treatment session worked wonders, and I could barely tell I was even being touched. TML 830 is the first 3B cold laser to get FDA approval, and in addition, the combination treatment with CBD is patent pending. The new Smart Laser is the only hands-free cold laser in the world and is used by athletic trainers, chiropractors, MDs, physical therapists, and veterinarians everywhere. You can learn more about all the great benefits from the complete line of Canaway CBD products by contacting my friend Sherry McCants at 515-208-6312. That's 515-208-6312 to get outstanding information about Canaway. If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at danny at dannyclinkscale.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back. And Stan, we settled in for a Monday night football game that everybody was excited about. And, well, if you aren't a diehard Chiefs fan, and I think both of us are Chiefs fans of a sort, uh, but we're not, we have other, I don't really have a National Football League team, and you have a Cowboys team that you've rooted for forever and a day. Uh, the game was kind of wrecked by the Chiefs in a good way for the the fans. The Chiefs almost from start to finish uh, were the dominant team in this game. The Ravens came out, did what they're supposed to do in shoving the ball down the field, but stopped in the red zone, get the field goal. The Chiefs immediately scored, and after that, there was really no drama in this game except for one small patch in the second half, and we'll get to that later on. But after a lackluster performance where they still won against San Diego, the Chiefs seem hell-bent to prove on this night that they were the best the National Football League has to offer. Stan Weber here. Glad to join you, Danny. Ding, 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 ding. We got a first San Diego reference, so let's keep <laughs> oh, the tradition go. going. <laughs> the Los Angeles Just Chargers. so you know, I'm listening to you closely, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> they thought they were playing the San Diego Chargers. and uh, <laughs> Right. No, it was a, a heck of a show by the Chiefs. Uh, they rose to the occasion. They valued the opponent, uh, what the Ravens can do, what the establishment of the power in the AFC is about, uh, winning a head-to-head game in an important situation to give you a better odds of being the team that gets a bye and only one team gets a bye this year. And the Chiefs just did all those things. They really played a great game, well-called, well-prepared. The defense 
was fantastic yeah. after the first possession. And even then in the red zone, they made it hard. The passing game was just non-existent uh, for the Ravens, and the Chiefs' defense against the run was good enough, and then the offense was unbelievable. So the Chiefs uh, really showed that they are the best team in the NFL. They valued the opportunity. And I thought early in the game we saw a real window into what we have here, and that is watching Jim Harbaugh, his reaction oh, here, to – Oh, we're going trade, to trade it off. Yeah, John, John Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Hey, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. There we go again. Uh, yeah, John Harbaugh, he was yelling at the official like he was a baseball umpire. I mean, he was in his face, masks down, uh, not accepting any answer. Most of these NFL coaches really are pretty good about saying – I get it. Thank you. Plus, the guy that they're talking to isn't even involved in the call. Right. It's completely across the field. But they do have microphones, so they can they can communicate over what the coach said better than you may think. But anyway, when I, I just saw in that response on the leg whip that gets a penalty against the Ravens instead of a run when they look like they were running the ball fairly well, that they just understand that there's no margin for error, that the Chiefs are the better team unless – these things go really well. You know, Tucker keeps making every kick. Okay, uh, you can do that. Uh, the running game has to be flawless. You hope to have the Chiefs mess up once in a while. Maybe get a stop like you'll talk about in the second half later uh, and give yourself a chance. But really, you need your offense to hum. You need to run the football first so Lamar would get a chance to pass when he wanted to. As long as he's passing when he wants to, he's an accurate thrower, uh, he sees the receivers. He moves in the pocket and throws well. He does a lot of things. That's why he was the MVP last year. But the question is, is he in the same stratosphere as Patrick Mahomes? A lot of people want to talk about that. And my answer going into the game last week was not yet. You know, maybe, but no, not yet. Because until he can pass in the pocket when his team's behind and everybody knows he needs to throw, when he does that successfully, then welcome to the NFL where you have to play well to be a great quarterback. And, um, you know, he, he was just a complete failure in that position last night. And I just thought, boy, the Ravens very early. Lamar looked nervous. They just look like if we don't have everything go right, we are in big trouble. And I just thought that was the best statement of all, that the Chiefs, the, the, the Ravens know the Chiefs are the dominant team. Right, and the thing is, you know, they did get the little dose of confidence they needed at the start. They did move the football. Now, maybe they were so fragile that it was eradicated by the fact that in the red zone they failed. I mean, it, it, yeah, was that yeah, because they, because you would have thought going in, if you get a little bit of doubts, so I'll make a golf analogy. I'm going to play golf today. I haven't been playing well. I go in with a little confidence. But if I par the first two holes and do it in solid fashion, I'm going to be like, hey, maybe this is my day. Well, the Ravens got that little par, as it were. They didn't make a birdie because they didn't score a touchdown. And it still didn't seem to help their psyche. No, I think it all came down to the second possession because they did go down. They dictated the game like they wanted to. They needed to be in the lead. They needed to be able to run the ball. And they got all those things until they got down to the red zone. But rather than panic and say we're in big trouble, I don't think the Ravens did at that point. They kicked the field goal and go, here we go. Let's see. Well, geez, Patrick Mahomes just drove them right down the field. The Chiefs score a touchdown. And now you're getting into that arena football mentality we talk about a lot. Okay, we're okay because we get the football, but we must go score. And because Butker missed the PAT, you could argue even a, even a field goal would have been okay to tie it up. We can't get two scores behind. We can't get out of sequence. And, and we'll give ourselves a little working room. But immediately when they got a call, it was marginal. You know, it was close. You can't whip your legs around and hit people. That's a penalty. But did he just really dive and happen to have his legs out? Whatever. But you saw 
John Harbaugh go crazy when they had a 10-yard penalty. It took about a sequence to be able to run the ball for 20 yards. They couldn't do that against the Chiefs. And suddenly, you could see the panic set in. Oh, my gosh, we've had two series and only three points. They've had only one. They've got six. And how are we going to stop them? And sure enough, it went out of sequence the rest of the way. Uh, the Chiefs just dominated from that point uh, until, you know, a couple of uh, – what's great about the NFL is there are always some chances to fight back, and, and there were. You know, I don't know why the Chiefs were messing with Duvernay and letting him get a kickoff return. I mean, so what? You want to tackle him at the 19 instead of giving the ball to 25? I mean, my comment was, why don't you just let your offense win this game? You are in such control. They brought a variable in. The Ravens get a touchdown on the kickoff return. Right. Later in the second half, the Chiefs went for fourth down near midfield. I'm not saying that that's a bad call. I mean, the new analytics tell you, you know, but, but the fact that Chiefs didn't get a first down on third and one, it was third and one miss, fourth and one miss. The fact is the Ravens had a slight chance to come back in the game. But overall, you take off the, the missed field goal before the half, the missed PAT, um, the fumble going in near the goal line for the Chiefs, this game was more like a 25-point win than anything else. And like I said, Danny, my reaction, and that was live, you know, I, I got the text to show you, um, was, oh, the Ravens are stressed. They know they're in trouble. When they didn't get that second drive score, how are we possibly going to outpace the Chiefs the rest of the way? And, and the Chiefs put those... such great pressure on you, Danny. It just showed right in their faces. And it wrapped around the, the kickoff return were two series that they, you know, needed to have success. And they, they not only didn't score, they went three and out both times. That's where the defense really made an imprint. The defense was every bit as important in, as this game as the offense. The evidence is that even if the defense hadn't been particularly good, uh, Patrick Mahomes had too many uh, answers to any questions the Ravens were going to ask. But the defense made this game a complete control game, except for one point we'll get to in a second. Right. I, I think you know, the way of saying this a different way is the Ravens offense has, has got to be lethal dictate to you running the football, be able to throw play-action passes, uh, score touchdowns in the red zone, which you could because it's like a wishbone offense. You, you really have the perfect offense to score in the red zone, so they, they should be really good at it. But you need to do that well to have any chance at this game because Patrick Mahomes is going to light up the scoreboard for the Chiefs. They're, they're, he's going to get in the 30s unless something really weird happens. And so you've got to try to keep up. And as soon as they couldn't do that, they're in trouble. But it wasn't just the Ravens fail, failing. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs took it. I mean, I don't yeah. want to discredit the defense at all. They took it from them. You think about the deep throw down to Hollywood Brown, um, and you say, well, you know, hey, you might the ball was delivered right on target. But there were two Chiefs players hitting him in the belly and back. There was almost no chance he's going to make the catch. The Chiefs were all over it. They had four defenders in the area and it's just a matter if you're going to run the dig route the in route two guys would have hit him if you're going to run the post two guys are going to hit him it was well designed well executed uh very very strong performance and very impressive for the Chiefs defense the, the only question here to really ask as a talking point is Andy Reid you know pulled out all the stops here or, or Eric Bieniemy, whoever whoever you know, I don't think we really know what the, you know how much control the offensive coordinator has, be it Doug Peterson or, or whoever it's been. Certainly, Andy Reid seems has, like it stayed the same no matter who the coordinator <laughs> was. I'll say that. And so it doesn't matter who it is, but you know they ran all these exotic things and had fun, and and then Andy Reid seems to be completely averse to stepping on another team's throat. 
That's point one. And point two, he seems at times to say, yes, we could get this first down a more exotic way, but we're going to play some real football right here. Third down, dive. Fourth down, dive. I don't get it. Well, I think that that those plays are real investments to make everything else work. And if you don't threaten teams with regular football and coming off the line and hitting people and running the ball up the middle – then the field isn't 53 yards wide. Does that make sense? You can play hash mark make, to the sideline. I, I agree line, with that in general, but maybe you're not on a, a, what what is a big play when you're you know trying to put the game away. But, but, but you know there there's just always a little trickery to it. You know they're like, hey, if we give the ball to Sherman here, they won't expect it. He'll dive right through for four yards, and we would have just laughed. Right. You know, so that's everything's true. not going to go perfect. You know, but they were just jacking with the Ravens. I mean, at the end, to throw the ball to Fisher, it's like let's just have some fun. I mean, guys, let's just go have some fun. We're the best team in football. Uh, But Andy's got his head on straight. This game doesn't mean much. You just keep rolling along. But, boy, it's impressive. 12 straight wins, including the big three playoff games. 12 straight wins, the longest in Chiefs history. And how about Andy Reid? You and I talk a lot about football, and getting off to a good start is an important thing, and every season is a new season. This isn't the Chiefs of last year's Super Bowl champion. This is a new group. For the fourth year in a row, they start 3-0 or better. It's, it's an amazing job, but they won't get caught up in the, reading the headlines and they won't watch ESPN this week and say it's over. But I think one thing that we found, Danny, for you and I and the Chiefs fans to analyze is what is it going to take to win the Super Bowl and mostly get to the Super Bowl? To get to the Super Bowl, you're going to have to go through the AFC, which is harder to go through than the NFC this year. And I think that the Ravens are going to be dangerous, and if everything goes well, they're the best team. But the odds of it going perfectly against the Chiefs are what, twenty five percent at best? Yeah, well, they've never done it in this. I mean, I just, in this era, you, you Lamar see, it's, Jackson. It's weird. They're really good, and they'll light people up all year long. And you and you should be concerned. I mean, this is the greatest example of my danger factor. If the Ravens do everything right, can you beat them? Unlikely. I mean, if they dictate to you in the running game and they don't have a dumb penalty and they catch the ball in the end zone and and, and those kind of things. Lamar makes some exciting plays. The defense gets to you and actually pulls you down on a blitz. You knock down a ball. The Ravens are are the elite team in the NFL, other than the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs out because we're competing against others. But I would say to you right now, I think it's going to be less of a challenge to beat the Ravens and get to the Super Bowl than it is other contenders. I think you really are going to have to deal a lot more with New England, Pittsburgh, and maybe Buffalo. I don't believe in Buffalo yet. I mean, they they aren't in the elite status. When they see the Chiefs uniforms over there on the sideline, I think they're going to be uh, getting a little bit tight, you know. But I don't think Pittsburgh will blink. If Pittsburgh's looking across the field in a playoff game against the Chiefs, I don't think they'll blink at all. You could even maybe bring the Titans. But it's interesting because the next Chiefs game is against the Patriots. Right. You know, what are these Patriots? They're, they're kind of a a taped together version of whatever, but there's no better taper together uh, than Bill Belichick. And when it gets to playoff time, I'm, I'm advancing a long ways down the right. road. But in playoff time, I think Pittsburgh's toughness mentally and the coaching of New England will make them more of a challenge to beat to win the Super Bowl than the Ravens. One thing about New England, I, I want to get to one more point, but I, I, I'll forget the New England thing if I don't do it. The Chiefs also catch a, a break this year in this COVID year. I mean, the Chief, Patriots, with Cam Newton operating in the way they're playing offense, sort of a Cro-Magnon way, but creative because you got Cam. Uh, if they had the eight opt-out players, 
they'd be pretty much they'd be hell on wheels, I think. Uh, so the Chiefs have caught a break in that regard. There are you know three or four standout defenders, and the Patriots are playing good defense without them. Yeah, probably their best defender is not playing. One of the earliest opt outs. Last year's New England team was a much more about defense. Brady was not his normal self. Didn't have weapons. You can you know it doesn't matter if it's Brady or or the receivers, but he didn't have much of a weapon tree to work with. So their offense wasn't what they won with. They just made sure they didn't lose the game. But their defense was really, really good. It's not like a modern defense. The turnovers they had, the interceptions are off the charts. I mean, they made plays. They stuffed people. So, yeah, if they that part of the team is supposed to come back. But, again, they're taping things together. Right. But Bill Belichick's going to find a way to be rough and – and I don't know if they come in with a great chance of beating the Chiefs right now. But, again, in one playoff setting, going against Belichick, going against Tomlin, to me is going to be harder than beating these Ravens. Very, very interesting. Well, the Chiefs really took a lot of the talking points of the game away. but we Congratulations. It. Big win, man. <laughs> yeah, absolute great win. And uh, I, one last point on the Chiefs before we go to college football after the break. I think it it's – fortunate that they beat the Chargers right now from the standpoint of the Chiefs really have a carrot right now. To, I mean, they could easily get bored, but as long as they're undefeated, and I think they're just legitimate, now it's legitimate. I think it's a legitimate talking point, and as long as they are undefeated, they have extra incentive in each football game, I think. That prize means something to these elite players. It seems a little too early. But they're already talking about run it back. So they're, they're not saying let's grind through the season. They're talking about winning a Super Bowl. Why wouldn't they be thinking about the 1972 Dolphins right. undefeated record? You know? I agree. Uh, it, I don't know how much they, they spend talking about that. But one of the great things about the Chiefs is that while they're so publicly available and willing to tweet, you know, the, hey, you didn't respect us to the world, right after the game they're saying, you know, we were the underdogs. You see Patrick Mahomes counting to four. Right. I don't know if that was his fourth score or they rated him the fourth player right. in the NFL. Uh, we need to ask Patrick. He, he'll probably tell us. But my point is they're very public, very open, and in a social media time period, yet I still think they have a ton of secrets. I think Andy Reid's the best at saying, guys, it's team time. I'm going to talk to you. You're going to comment back, and this isn't going outside our walls. That's what championship teams do. I believe there's a lot, maybe, there may be somewhere in there where Andy's talking or Patrick Mahomes saying, why not undefeated? Let's don't talk about it outside these walls. I think they've just found the greatest combination of here we are, let's go, let's have fun, get to know us, and still buy into that old school mentality of don't say anything outside of this building. We're a team. That's pro football. The Chiefs dominate it. They get all the coverage you want. You want to watch ESPN in the morning? You want to watch NFL Live in the afternoon? You're going to get plenty of Chiefs. No Midwest flyover bias here. The Kansas City Chiefs rule the roost in the National Football League. More of Danny's Reasonably Irreverent podcast after this. We're here with Joe Spiker, the CEO and president of Easton Roofing. And Joe, you had a great year in 2019, a record year. 2020 comes, things are moving smoothly along, and then the coronavirus comes. But your company seemed to be very ready, very proactive, and very ready to serve your customers well. Yeah, we adopted social distancing very early before the cities even 
put out the notices. And we started working from home. We are largely cloud-based as a company, so that transition was easy. Our technicians are wearing masks and gloves, and salespeople are not meeting with homeowners. We're doing everything digitally and doing everything we can to do our part to get over this as quickly as possible. So for any needs that people have right now, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Well, you can always call us, 913-257-5426. But the best way is to go to eastonroofing.com, put your information in, and we'll give you a call. Easton Roofing, integrity matters. Let's spend a minute with Dr. Brad Woodle, who along with his wife, Dr. Christina Woodle, the owners of Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture, my home for chiropractic care. And first of all, just tell us about the wide range of services you offer. Danny, we offer comprehensive chiropractic, acupuncture, physiotherapy, and rehab. We do a very thorough examination, x-rays on site as necessary, and we have a full rehabilitation department. So we can help out with exercises, stretches, different therapies for the complex, but also the very simple conditions we treat. You have been deemed essential and have remained open all through this COVID-19 process. What are some of the things you've done to make sure that was the case? From the very beginning in March, we started to make sure that we were cleaning and sanitizing with EPA registered sanitizing products. We also implemented masks way before the state required them. We implemented a parking lot waiting room, took out half of the chairs in our waiting room, and made sure to space out visits so we could appropriately meet, discuss, and also screen patients to make sure we were taking care of healthy people. Find out more about Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture and how they can help you at ASFCA. Hi, everybody. This is Matt Llewellyn from 23rd Street Brewery in Lawrence. I just want to thank everybody for supporting local restaurants during this time of uncertainty. 23rd Street Brewery is now open until this pandemic is over. And right now, more than anything, local restaurants need your help and support. Come on out and see us. 23rd Street Brewery is open now from 1130 till 9 o'clock for dine-in and carry-out. Whatever we can do to help you out, maybe with your catering needs, too. I appreciate all the support. And thank you for continuing to shop local. Most of us have experienced auto accidents, and it's no fun. And even less fun is trying to work on the insurance aspects afterwards and getting full value after an auto accident. I'm here with David Cowan from RecExpert.com. And David, you have an unusual and important niche for people after an auto accident. We have a passion to teach car wreck clients what they deserve. Getting your car repaired only fixes the damage and the paint. Getting paid for your car's loss in value is called diminished value. Chances are you've never heard of this before because most people aren't looking out for you. We help people collect thousands to tens of thousands of dollars for their car's loss in value after the wreck. And if somebody wants to come to you for that, what's the original assessment cost them? We offer a free review of any insurance claim to see how we can help. You can't beat that. Great expertise and assistance in getting full value after an auto accident. From David Cowan, visit RecExpert.com and learn more. If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at Danny at DannyClinkScale.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Back here on Danny and Stan's Football Weekend, Stan Weber, of course, breaking things down. It's presented by NoNonsenseHealthCareNinja.com. And let's roll to some college football and... Hey, there's no better place to start than with the Kansas State Wildcats. I'll tell you what, 20 minutes into this football game, if you knew what was going to happen later in the day, you were going to say we were going to talk about one of those weekends, which have been all too common uh, recently in this area where all three college football teams lose. The Cats were 
tough and competing on the defensive side of the ball, but Oklahoma was still moving it incredibly well. And on offense, K-State couldn't do anything. I mean, absolutely anything. And to think that this game would turn on its head so much that K-State would completely dominate the second half was was seemingly far-fetched, but turned out to be a reality. Yeah, there's no way you could have turned a switch on, Danny, and said, just wait, wait a few minutes. This is really going to turn around. Uh, 11 first downs to zero right at the end of the first quarter, Oklahoma over K-State. K-State goes to the half with only four first downs. Well, hey, we're going to come out in the second half and do something about that. No, two three and outs. <laughs> two three and outs to start the half. And then the floodgates open, and they score on basically every possession the rest of the way. Uh, and then Oklahoma didn't have a response when K-State brought – the heat and you know part of that is when you think that uh you're you're the favorite uh, part of it is the crowd doesn't you know demand and i talk about this demand that you get after it and stop this run that wasn't going to happen at oklahoma with that many people there they're not the full crowd and uh, k-state's defense grew up they played a lot of guys at a lot of positions and rotated more players than i've ever seen roll through so they really said it's a roster worth of defensive players. We may have starters missing, at least three, maybe four. We're going to play our backups and even our third-team guys. We're going to stay fresh and make it a 60-minute game. But for those guys to hold up all game long and not give up easy 80-yard touchdowns and, and the mistakes that can happen, Oklahoma's offense is lethal. I mean, they average over the whole time that Riley's been um, – the head coach Oklahoma's been there, they've averaged like 43 points a game. It's just – I mean, they, last year they averaged nine yards a play, almost yeah. a first down on every so play. It's a little bit like going against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You get exposed so easily, yet they never did that all game long. That's the one thing that you could count on is there weren't mental mistakes and they weren't out of position. So it's a good plan, good execution, and a lot of players understood that plan. But then in the late third quarter, they started hitting and going to the ball and meeting the ball when it was there, separating players on a fumble. The defense really did pick it up. But the offense, where did it come from? You yeah, know? really? Where, where did it come from, Stan? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, as crazy as it is, Skylar Thompson really was battling an in-game pain, and Will Howard was warming up on the sideline, and they were looking at Skylar like, is he going to come back and even play? And that was after the two three-and-outs. Well, he, he sucked it up and said, let's go. And on the first play, uh, Courtney Messingham, the offensive coordinator for K-State, put Deuce Vaughn, the freshman running back, in at a slot receiver. He ran a quick slant pass, hit him in stride. He sliced through the linebacker and safety before they even knew what happened. And then as a foot race, he went 77 yards. And just with that one play, K-State said, here we go. Let's start playing. And everyone jumped on board. Scott Thompson has his first 300-yard passing game of his career. Right. I was, and I he was, has three I was rushing, shocked. I was and shocked. he has three rushing touchdowns. and but On a bad calf. And the offensive line, which they did have holding calls and, and pre-snap movements and some things like that that weren't great on the offensive line, but they found five guys. They didn't rotate everybody through. Noah Johnson, the center, staying in there was good. But the offensive line kind of grew up in the second half. And then they started being able to run the ball, using some formations, a lot of unbalanced sets. Uh, K-State got called for two penalties from things that are technicalities and unbalanced sets, and they're both K-State's faults. Good call by the officials, but that would have been another touchdown taken off right. the board and another first-down play. So K-State's offense, when it woke up, it was like everything was working, and they got a physicality about them. They had a belief that they were going to go ahead and win the game. But for Chris Kleiman to instill in his football team this mentality that it's not too big for us, why can't we compete against everybody, is a very impressive thing because <laughs> – they're behind by 21 points. 
They pulled within uh, 14. You go, okay, nope, Oklahoma dove right down the field. 21 points again. Right. But if you go back to the beginning of the game, the first thing I said on the network, Danny, in the first segment that we open up two hours before the game, I, I was bouncing back and forth, talking out of both sides of my mouth, however you want to say it, circling around everywhere. I basically was saying Spencer Rattler is an unproven quarterback and a freshman who hasn't played. Don't compare him to Jalen Hurts coming over from Alabama or Baker Mayfield coming over from Texas Tech or Kyler Murray, one of the most incredible athletes and a, a great baseball player. These guys are grown men who are going after that Heisman. Spencer Rattler was the highest-rated quarterback, and he may be that, but he hadn't played in a game. That was my statement. He hasn't played in a game yet. Last year he played in three games as a redshirt, threw less than 15 passes, no stress. Okay, And I didn't count Missouri State's game as a game <laughs> right because no stress he went out through a bomb you know it was easy then I had to catch myself because it's pregame we're getting ready for Oklahoma and you know hey what this I said his rating of passer efficiency rating in college football's uh, numbers was 303 which is the greatest game in Big 12 conference history against Missouri State so I just said hey you know I mean I gotta say that because it sounds like I'm just bashing this guy but at the end of the day I said at that segment Hopefully you'll put him in a situation where he has to play. Maybe he can get a couple of turnovers. He's still a freshman. He's going to make mistakes. Who's to say he's great? Let's see. And I think that's what K-State did. At the end of the day, they had two interceptions early, and then they would have put the heat on him. He did not look the same. Oklahoma finishes the game five, their last five possessions not scoring, Danny. Right. And that includes, you know, some three and outs. And then it includes a block punt by K-State. So, the K-State defense got their arms around that offense, put stress on that quarterback. And as a redshirt freshman, he didn't do everything perfectly. He'll be fine down the line, but that's what I said going in. He's got a lot to prove to be put in the same sentence with the Heisman Trophy quarterback. And when they put the doubt in his mind, that seemed to rattle him to, uh, you know, Everybody make, make, a bad, yeah, make, you a can't bad, help. make a bad joke. But his first 25 passes didn't hit the ground. I know. 23 completions and two interceptions, and then – he was missing at the end. Yeah. The, the K-State um, – well, first of all, when that started happening, I told you K-State's defense played at a different speed. They hit with a different veracity. And then they – because the secondary was doing that and the linebackers, they're able to rush just four. And it just helps the odds. If you can get pressure on the quarterback, get in his face, cause some havoc with just four rushers, guess what? Football becomes a lot more easy. And because you have seven guys running around, and now they're going to the football, hitting the receivers right as the ball's getting there, tackling players as soon as they catch it. Uh, the K-State's defense did a complete step up from very solid play for two and a half quarters to elite play for at least a whole quarter. And everyone wants, you know, at Oklahoma right now, and you and I even kind of said, well, hey, about the freshman, it's all about the quarterback's his fault. No, no, no. You know, the K-State – a uh, defensive line was beaten up on the Oklahoma offensive line, getting to the quarterback at least. And then the whole team played better. But uh, if Kyler Murray was back there, Oklahoma would have won the game because there are chances where he would have ran for 20 yards on a scramble, right. and that's not a cut down to K-State. Any K-State fan that goes, I'm trying to diminish, you know, K-State. They were 21 points behind. You know, it's a, the largest comeback in K-State history for the fifth time. Uh, Danny, I've been lucky enough to broadcast all five of those games. Um, but still – it took a lot for K-State to win the ballgame, including a 50-yard field goal by Blake Lynch, first 50-yard field goal of his career. All those things are awesome. But Spencer Rattler is not Kyler Murray. Oh, by the way, I don't know who else is Kyler Murray. Right. I mean, maybe Lamar Jackson running the ball. But, uh, so it, it wasn't like everyone at Oak. It just K-State was a better team for a quarter and a half, and somehow 
Chris Kleiman was able to spark that team at halftime. He, the speech he gave, I think his way of saying it is, we took a positive approach of saying, don't you think we, do you really think we can't play with Oklahoma? I mean, don't you think we can play with those guys? You're, you've been out in the field with them for a half. You know, don't you think we, we're as good as them? And that was enough. The players said, yeah, coach, we are. Let's Remarkable go. Remarkable job. And, in, and just to wrap this up on K-State, uh, what does it mean going forward? I mean, they, they clearly at times don't look like a very talented team. And then they played that brand of football for a quarter. Does that raise them up a level in total now? It should. Um, two things that, the, that challenge you. Um, one is you get caught up in the headlines and you say, gosh, what a celebration because everyone wants to celebrate the win and, and it's such a feature win that they forget that Texas Tech is a real dangerous opponent. And I don't think K-State has a problem with that because Chris Kleiman, he had a team that just won every game and won national championships. It, this is not a, like a celebration for him. And everyone's saying, oh, I bet he's just being coach taught. No, Chris Kleiman is used to like every game – is a big, you know, they have big wins all over the place. You go, so what? Let's go we to have next to go week. To the next so game, right? you got a coaching staff that's sleeping just as many hours, Danny, and they're, they they don't even think about Oklahoma. Not a coaching cliche. It's just in their DNA. So they're on. And the players, uh, you know, Danny, since let's just look at the last 10 years. Okay, last 10 years in full round robin football is a pretty good little subset. Okay, that's nine plus this year. You look at the overall record in Big 12 head-to-head play, those nine conference games head-to-head, Oklahoma's obviously the best. Second-best record, Oklahoma State. Third, very close behind, K-State. This is not too big for K-State's program. Right. Uh, you may say K-State doesn't have dominant players and no one's talking about them winning a national championship this year in college football playoff. Fine. I'm telling you, in the locker room, Danny, the players, it's not too big for them to play in Oklahoma and go, why can't we play that way again next week? I think that concentration, that confidence, and then all you need is a little boost. And I think every year is a new year. I've said that. And they needed a boost. So, yeah, I think this will be a better K-State team. Now, the last time, three times K-State was uh, winners over a, a top-10 type team. They bounced back and won the next week as well. They didn't have a letdown. But this is, this is an NFL schedule. Every week is going to be a grind. Right. And Texas Tech's going to really bring it Bowman – only played three games last year, but every time he was in, he lit it up with Texas Tech like numbers, and, they, and, they and he should, did it again against Texas. Yeah, and they should have won that game, absolutely. Uh, remarkably, K State three of the last five trips to Norman, Oklahoma, they come back winners. Let's spend a few minutes on the other two programs. Uh, some s- slight signs for both teams. Missouri came out flying. I mean, they were really, tr- really trying, attacking, but it just looked like. Varsity versus JB, JV. Missouri was doling out some hits, but Alabama was just still storming down the field. It looked like a complete and utter mismatch. And in the end, it really kind of was. But Missouri showed enough resolve to you know, not turn it into a complete debacle and come out of it, I think, fairly encouraged, even though there was never any doubt that Alabama was going to win the game. And that's what it's like to play Alabama. I mean, they, they just have the, the skill set and the coaching that gives you no room. I mean, they are strangling you all the time. You hit them really hard, and you, you think, well, that may lead to another good play. No, the next play has nothing to do with that. You know, they're, they're still blocking you and, and making plays. Uh, so I, I think the game was all about Missouri not, not losing confidence and doing the things Missouri can control. It really was. This is the first game for Eli Drinkwitz. It's usually a non-conference foe like SEMO, 
and you right. go out and you storm them in the first quarter and a half, and then the backups get used to being coached by an in-game coach like this calling plays, Eli Drinkwitz. And, but now you can have all that just crushed, like all the talk and coaching he's had with these players. And then you walk back in the locker room and go, we just lost 54 to nothing. No play seemed to function well. Every coach is going to have, like, this is the play we're going to run against everybody. You know, a guy like Eli, our offense, we're going to do everything. We're going to, do, we're going to be diverse. But this is the play we're going to run against everybody. And they go, Coach, you know, four times for negative two yards. Uh, <laughs> now what? So the, they'll t- the players are smart enough to know it's Alabama, but still you need to function. And I thought Missouri checked that box just fine, that Eli Drinkwitz had them emotionally ready. They came out and gave it a great fight. They never gave up. They never laid down and got run over. And they just kind of dealt with understanding what Missouri can do and did some good things. So – I think that's a positive, and there was a lot of negative that could have come out of it. So we get to restart the season. That that was not the first game of the year. That was just unfortunate, because <laughs> this is Alabama. Okay, right. that's Alabama. Now in now you go two thousand twenty in in your weight class exactly Tennessee. So this game becomes actually can't, way more important than the Alabama. Game. Exactly. Can't wait to see. I just wanted the team to be able to work, learn, improve all those things put things on tape so that they can go and start the season this week. Now, no one can say that before the game. It's just, it's just not appropriate. No coach can say, uh, let's just get through this week and then we'll get on to something that makes more sense. But I can say it as an analyst here, I'm just glad they got through it. I think they, they have enough positives to say, we're ready to play and start our season against Tennessee. Here we go. And a little bit like that NFL schedule, this is no easy game. You're going on the road. It's a legitimate opponent. But I really can't wait. This is going to be – Nationally, no one cares about Missouri at Tennessee. It's not going to be featured. But in my world, I can't wait to see because Tennessee's always a question mark every year. Right. Like, are they going to be Peyton Manning? Are they going to be Peyton Manning's Tennessee? Well, the answer is usually just no. But, <laughs> but, but you always think about it. When you th- see the orange T on the helmet, you're right. like, oh, I remember. You know you, they're getting players. You remember, Danny, when Tennessee versus Florida was the elite game in the country. Yep. So uh, it wasn't that long ago. But it's but that's, getting there. But that's not the Tennessee team now. So here we go. This is going to be a fun game. We're going to learn a lot about these teams. And for me, can't wait to get the Missouri season started. Absolutely. Kansas, uh, a game that, you know, really, I don't know how much you can take out, out of it. I guess there were a f- few shreds of good signs, but Baylor really pretty much looked dominant in this game. Kansas runs out another quarterback. They just seem to say, well, that's not working. Let's try this. Nobody really saw it coming that they insert the freshman in there. I guess he's going to get uh, the opportunity going forward a little bit. Miles Kendrick had shown some good good signs in the, his relief role in the last game, but supposedly got beat out during the week of practice. Uh, kind of still a little bit of a mess in Lawrence. Yeah, I really wish uh, when we were going through pregame on – College game day on Sports Radio 810, we're rolling through, and there's so many things to talk about. And I don't think I said this because based on what you just said, I don't think I got to it, but I really thought uh, Daniels was going to get the start. I thought that they would advance him forward for this game, but didn't say it on game day, so it doesn't sound like I really meant it. But, Danny, you'll you'll trust me. (laughs) I I know. I don't know if the listeners will or not, but um, I I was going to say that on game day. I just think that he has the the size, the physical abilities, the – the new guy that gives you a chance. The other two guys are just trying to be average. I mean, if they work their way into being average quarterbacks. In the so you think there's some ceiling with him? Yes. And even if he's not ready to reach that ceiling, 
why not take a chance right now? Because the other two guys are going to level off being what the tenth best, ninth best, eighth best quarterback in the Big Twelve. I mean, you're just going to you're not going to you're going to have t- trouble winning games with the quarterback play. They, they got guys around them that can make plays. They got sparks here and there that the little explosions that can go off that are as good as anybody in the Big Twelve. They're two backs. Right. Unbelievably well. good. Uh, they, they can go for a touchdown at any time. The wide receivers are, are good. The offensive line's not awful. Um, so you get down here and you go, the, the quarterback play is just inefficient for Kansas. That it, it makes it hard to think about how they can successfully put drives together and get to that 30-point marker. In the Big 12, you better get to 30 points or just talk to me later unless it happens to be one of those lucky games as a defensive battle. How's Kansas going to get 30 points in a game with these quarterbacks? They needed with with that statement when you have so little downside to doing something else, and you got a guy you recruited, uh, a guy that Brent Deerman, the offensive coordinator, could be excited about, who doesn't have any reason to be down on himself or down on Kansas football. Let's go play. But he does have. He throws a nice ball, keeps his head up pretty well. I mean, he had a drop pass down the sideline. They led seven to nothing. They should have led fourteen to seven. Right, but there was just a a drop pass at the ten yard line that would have been an easy touchdown. So, I thought he has shown some real sparks. He looks like the best quarterback of the three, plus the upside potential. But even today, he looks like the best of three. Now, the downside, as you know, is do you bury him? Is there yeah. some point in the season where he uh, traces backwards? Okay, I, Herbert. I'm not a guy who's high on Herbert with the Chargers. Right. The Los Angeles Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not a high on him as being someone to worry about in the Chiefs division. It almost was a benefit to him, and it sounds so crazy as well as he played against the Chiefs, threw for 300 yards, could throw, run the ball. It was almost a benefit that he didn't have to think about going out there. They literally told him right before right. the game. It is harder when you go to bed every night knowing the responsibility you have. It's harder, Danny, when you actually get out in the field and you see what doesn't work. It it. When you throw a pass and you go, I know how to complete that pass, and then they pick it off, and you got to retrain your whole brain. Like, you mean they're that good? That pass isn't open. Now, what other things don't work? Right. You can go backwards. You can go bounce up and then retrace steps. And I thought Herbert did that a little bit on Sunday, and I wouldn't be surprised if it continues to happen. That's the thing we got to watch out for. Now, he is – there's almost nothing to lose at Kansas because if you lose the game, who's mad at you? Right. I mean – do you walk across campus and someone's looking at you with a wicked eye? No. It's not your fault they lost. It, you know, Kansas yeah, doesn't win that's any what games. Kansas, yeah, Kansas loses. So I, I, he's got a lot more room for error. This isn't Drew Locke at Missouri. Remember how much stress he was under right. as a true freshman. But that's what we want to watch. It look, look When the cameras show up close, Danny, look at his eyes. You know, Lamar Jackson looks stressed. He did. I believe. That's a pro quarterback. But he was in trouble. It was not working well, and he had he was frustrated. Now, uh, you can give a little bit of that for a college quarterback, but let's look and see if he's got that dazed look in his eyes, like, uh-oh, what's happening? That's the thing we have to worry about. Otherwise, I think Kansas is going to go with him, and he's their best choice for them to have a chance to win. And they can't have things happen like two kick returns for touchdowns. I mean, it's just, you just can't have that. And, you know, it just adds to the fact that it looks like a complete and utter mess when maybe you did a few things right. The athletes that are out there are so much better than the sentence we put Kansas in. I mean, how can a KU fan in this season with no non-conference games other than the one that's already gone, Coastal Carolina, how can any fan feel comfortable like, hey, we're going to win? I mean, I, it's just not reasonable. 
But when you look at the athletes and you forget the negativity, you, if you could separate those two like in a, a scientific experiment, there is a separation, Danny. I mean, Les Miles may not be the old Les Miles, but he's still – the players think of him as the guy. He can show them the national championship ring. I mean, he has some juice with them. And they're running an offense that, that fits their players. They're not nearly as bad as the results keep showing. Right. So there's that Boston College game last year. Right. Can they turn one into – good performance into two I don't know yet but there's just so so little belief I keep watching the athletes independently of the helmets and I go wow there's no reason why they shouldn't be in there and win two conference games out of nine three conference games why shouldn't they be close but then you look at the scoreboard and go geez Baylor separated yep. and, and the KU fans are going like Stan we knew that was going to happen what do you <laughs> talk about Puka William you know uh Let's watch, Danny. I, 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 the psychology of the football team matters a lot. Being tough, knowing how to win. I mentioned that on this podcast. I mentioned Steelers. I mentioned the Titans. And I mentioned the Patriots. And I mentioned K-State. It's not too big for them. That's a difference. KU does not have any of that mojo inside the brain. But their athletes are not that off of what they need to be in the Big 12. And that's up to Les Miles to get that particular thing done. We do this podcast usually every Monday. Stan and I also visit with you every Saturday on College Football Game Day. We will do so this Saturday once again and uh, check on some of these boxes as the week has gone on. And always a pleasure, Stan. Thank you, Danny. We hope you enjoyed the latest Danny Klingscale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Come back soon for something fresh and new. This podcast was made possible by our great sponsors like NoNonsenseHealthCareNinja.com, specializing in expert healthcare guidance and assistance for you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.